now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are back with our number two on a Tuesday in the Northland. And uh, and yes, as we were going to break there, Kenny was talking about how at the city council meeting last night, there were some speakers signed up that didn't want to talk about potholes or city taxes or what the city should do to grow its economy or housing shortages or anything like that. They wanted to talk about a ceasefire in Gaza, <laughs> like that has anything to do with the Duluth City Council. But as I said, it's a, it's a continuation of what we're seeing across the country. Here's the story that I was talking to out of Hastings, Minnesota. Uh, the Hastings City Council, uh, the Hastings City Council on January 16th at their meeting passed a resolution calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. The uh, January 5th, the city received a proposed resolution calling for a ceasefire and humanitarian aid to be sent to Gaza, along with a list of names who, who supported a change.org petition. And this was brought to the agenda by City Council Member Angie Haas. The change.org petition was launched by resident Tom Bullington. The members of the Hastings Progressives are calling on the Hastings City Council member to, ado or to adopt this. And they did get a, a hundred people signed on to a, a petition alleging that Hastings taxpayers, now listen to this, they, they alleged that Hastings taxpayers contributed 321,021 cents to the Israeli military in 2023. No idea where that came from or where they, and, and they could not find anything on their records, but they claim that somehow because taxpayers in Minnesota pay money to the government and the government sends money to Israel, that somehow that went to the destruction. Anyway, uh, as one of the city council, this Haas said, it's really important for us to stop genocide when we see it and call it as it is. Uh, and the motion passed uh, unanimously after a few minutes of discussion. Evidently, everybody on the Hastings City Council figures that they're world leaders, and it concluded by urging Minnesota's congressional delegation to pressure the Biden administration into supporting de-escalation and a ceasefire. Now, I didn't see anything in this story at all about any discussion about the, the incursion by Hamas into Israel and the slaughtering of humans that started this conflict, but hey, that's just uh, incidental stuff. So, um, now I did notice this morning, and you might have heard it on our CBS News there recently, that uh, an attack on Israeli forces in the Gaza Strip on Monday killed 21 Israeli soldiers, reservists. According to the Israeli military, reservists were preparing explosives to demolish two buildings in central Gaza when a militant fired a rocket-propelled grenade at a tank nearby. The blast from the rocket outside the building triggered the explosives inside them, causing 
both two-story buildings to collapse on the soldiers. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu mourned the loss of the soldiers, saying Monday was one of the hardest days since the war began. At least 217 Israeli soldiers have been killed in the incursion so far, including three in separate moves Monday. In the name of our heroes and for our own lives, this is a quote from Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday, in the names of our heroes and for our own lives, we will not stop fighting until absolute victory. See, because Benjamin Netanyahu knows that if you stop clearing out Hamas out of the Gaza Strip, they will just remultiply, reset up, come back, and again at some point, Israel will be faced with this annihilation because these people really don't want to coexist peacefully. They want the destruction of Israel. That's what they want. And uh, I think uh, Israel, the Israeli uh, army so far has been doing a superb job of cleaning out these rat holes. Uh, anyway, moving along with other other issues here, I, I notice our friend Donna Bergstrom's name came up in a story today out of Minneapolis. I'm, I, you may not have seen this yet, Kenny, but uh, um, it's rather, in, and it has to do with St. Louis County and with the Democratic Party up here in St. Louis County. The, uh, the Minnesota Republican Party wants this woman, uh, the head of the Democratic Party up here in, in St. Louis County, a woman by the name of Barbara Crow, an official from the Minnesota Democratic Farm and Labor, Labor Party. They want her investigated for the false use of campaign contributions. Here's what she did. <clears throat> Crow, the chair of the local DFL party unit in St. Louis County, allegedly made a donation of $100 under a false name when when registering to attend a Republican Party fundraiser. Evidently, Barbara Crow wanted to be like a subversive uh, insider and get into the Republican Party, see what they were talking about, see what secrets you might be able to find. In turn, the story out of the St. Paul Pioneer Press this morning said that <clears throat> In turn, Donna Bergstrom, the deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, filed a complaint with the Minnesota Campaign Finance Board. According to the campaign, to the complaint, Crow used the mailbox address of the Cook County DFL and a phone number that belongs to a Wisconsin artist to sign up for the Republican fundraiser. In other words, she said, oh, and by the way, she used a fake name. The alleged $100 donation came in under the name of Susan Johnson. Not Barbara Crow, but Susan Johnson. And uh, the check, the, the check-in with the event organizer, when she checked in, she said, I'm Susan Johnson, I'm here, and I, I've pre-registered. She wore a name tag identifying herself as Susan Johnson and mingled with Republicans at the event. 
Well, Donna Bergstrom has cited Minnesota Statute 10A15, Subdivision 2. The Minnesota Republican Party released a statement saying it is illegal to make an anonymous contribution over $20, and it is also illegal to donate in the name of someone that you are not. The statute outlines that individuals in violation may receive a fine of up to $1,000 from the Campaign Finance Board, which I would assume is controlled by Democrats in the state of Minnesota. So what do you think the chances of Barbara Crow being fined that is going to be? Crow most certainly was aware of the requirement because she's she's a... DFL campaign finance person. She knows what the requirements are. And she just broke every rule in the campaign finance. She used a false name. She used a false address. She used a false email address to get into this campaign uh, event, the Republican campaign event. Uh, We call on the DFL to strip her of her position of St. Louis County Chair and demonstrate to voters across Minnesota that this behavior is not tolerated or emblematic of the Democratic Party. House District 3B Republicans could not be more disappointed in Crow's illegal and deceptive leadership. uh, uh, Donna Bergstrom added. Well, I think they caught this woman in a subversive activity, and she did break statutes. But again, <clears throat> what do you think the chances are of her getting uh, getting caught, or or I should say, getting uh, getting fined a thousand dollars out? And I'm sure if she did get fined, it would probably come out of the <clears throat> Democratic campaign coffers to pay the bill. But this uh, this was rather interesting this morning to this, the the steps that these people will go to uh, <clears throat> to evidently try to uh, they must be concerned that the Republicans are somehow going to pull a rack together in Minnesota and and be competitive, which it hasn't been for a number of years. Anyway, we're at that point that we're going to take our first break here of our number two into the afternoon edition. If you would like to get involved in the show, you can certainly give us a call back. But let me remind you as we go to this break about our friends up at B&B Market up in Cloquet, top of the Big Lake Hill. Oh, man, I'm telling you, folks, B&B Market is an is a... A place where you could go to do all of your grocery shopping. You can buy cereal. You can buy candy. You can buy paper products. But if you want to do anything to to fit your family's budget and to make sure that you're eating good, fresh, wonderful meat products, B&B Market has the most incredible meat counter and the most incredible butchers that will work hard to make sure that your cuts of meat are great. And every week they got specials. And right now, there are weekly specials for the week of January 20th through the 26th. I'm going to give you just a few of them. If you like a good beef New York strip steak, they got family packs for $7.99 a pound. Or you can buy individual New York strip steaks for $8.99 a pound. They got boneless beef sirloin, stew meat, Five ninety nine a pound, and they got bone in regular or stuffed pork chops, 
just $1.99 a pound. And so much more. They've got boneless beef, uh, prime rib for thirteen twenty nine a pound, and on and on. And they've always got these specials going on up at B&B Market. How do you find B&B Market? It's simply go to Cloquet, drive along the main drag where Perkins is, where the big American flag, go up the hill there. That's the Big Lake Hill. And at the top of the Big Lake Hill on the left-hand side, you will find B&B Market for over 60 years providing great quality meat products for the Northland. B&B Market, great, great people. And we'll be back after this break. KDAL time is 1225. We're overcast. We're mild, 26 degrees. I'm not going to call that warm because uh, we still have a wind chill. It's still cold. You still need a hat. You still need gloves. Be careful. There's still some slippery spots. Hey, it's January. Don't forget. Don't forget. January. Still here. Yeah. Yesterday, Brad, we got up to 26 that was the official height, the National Weather Service yesterday. Got to get above 32. Yeah, uh, we're going to be close, but I don't know. It's not in the forecast, but hey, stay tuned. So 26 yesterday, 20 is the normal high for this day. A year ago today, the high was 20. So, yeah. Say, um, can I ask you a question? No. <clears throat> Well, I just had. But I'm, I'm gonna, sorry. I just I'm going to anyway. I mean, you asked, and I just I'm I'm messing with you. Yeah. When the, when these people were at the uh, city council last night asking to uh, have a ceasefire in Gaza, yeah. Did any of them happen to mention about de-escalating the Ukrainian and Russian war? I didn't hear that. Um, oh. And I usually have Evidently, to pay... that's not important. That's not important to them. Just... You know, it's funny. I actually have to pay pretty close attention when I'm at city council. Here on this show, eh, not so much. <laughs> I, I, And I'm making a joke out of it, but there is some truth yeah. to that. Well, but it's a different it, thing. It's very interesting. You see these large protests all over this country, uh, city council meetings. Uh, well, for example... Now, now, granted, Chuck Schumer is 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 uh, uh, Jewish, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Chuck Schumer was ha- Chuck Schumer, not my favorite guy in the world. Uh, I love the way he wears his little shorty glasses down over his nose. But hey, anyway, he was having a peaceful Shabbat dinner. Now, if you're Jewish, you know that's kind of a special holy dinner. He was having a peaceful Shabbat dinner. Uh, turned into a terrifying experience for Senator Chuck Schumer and his daughter on Friday evening as they were met with pro-Hamas extremists outside their apartment building in New York. The two were enjoying a meal together when they were confronted by a group of protesters shouting for ceasefire and accusing Senator Schumer of being complacent in the killing of children. I mean, this this is getting crazy, what is going on. First of all, I don't know where our, well, I guess the open border situation probably led in all the Palestinians in the world that now feel that they've got to shut down uh, halls of education, shut down city council meetings, shut down tunnels and bridges, shut down traffic on highways, uh, because somehow <clears throat> they think that 
evidently we can put enough pressure on Joe Biden and he'll put enough pressure on Benjamin Netanyahu that the troops in Israel will all of a sudden just give up, go back to Israel, and everything will be just hunky-dory. But there's never a protest about de-escalating the Ukrainian and Russian war, which has been going on substantially longer than the clearing out of Hamas out of Gaza. Anyway. Uh, yeah, just, uh, and, just, and again, just, just to reiterate, <laughs> yeah, and just to reiterate, uh, last night's city council meeting, they had 16 speakers, and there were three or four, I kind of lost track, uh, that, that called for a ceasefire in Gaza. And I think it's important to point out that they were well-behaved. They spoke within their three minutes. Uh, they didn't get out of control. So having well, said good. that, yeah, it is, it is, uh, you know, because sometimes these things can get uh, can get ugly, Brad. Uh, but yeah. they went through their uh, deal. Uh, it was kind of nice, too, to see this. Uh, one of the speakers was the CEO of this ST paper out in West Duluth, formerly Verso. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he uh, spoke in favor of the city council's resolutions uh, to support the work that's going on out there and some of the development agreements and what have you. And so ST Paper uh, seems to be on good fitting and good standing with the city council, and that's good. Uh, Mayor Roger Reinert was there last night and spoke uh, oh, good. on a couple of different things, uh, questions from the council. And uh, i got to tell you a couple of things. And um, she seems like a very nice lady. She's been on the council for a while. She is now the council president, Roz Randorf. couple of things. She referenced Mayor Reinert as Mayor Larson. Oh, no. Yeah, when it came time for Roger to say something, she said, uh, Mayor Larson. And he said, uh, Reinert, it's Mayor Reinert. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Okay. <laughs> but it, no, I, I will say this, Brad. She has got to slow down. She runs these meetings like she's an auctioneer. Like it's a race or something. My goodness. Roz Randorf, slow down. I swear to God, Brad, that meeting's over and I'm <laughs> flustered. I'm like, scram- my brain is scrambled. What like, what she-, what? <laughs> she speaks very fast. She moves in a very fast pace. Now, I know that form- our previous council president, Janet Kennedy, was maybe a bit slower Maybe a lot slower, yeah. but uh, Roz, if you're listening, sometimes if you know somebody, uh, some, if somebody knows Roz, let her know. Yeah. Slow the meeting down. Take a deep breath. <laughs> From my days uh, at uh, speech classes at Cal State Fullerton, oh yeah, when we were talking about how to speak in public, yeah, our our instructor used to say that that's usually the sign of someone who's very nervous. Boy, I'll tell you, Brad, maybe it is, but. Uh, I don't know if she's got some role in Rotary or some other, uh, um, if it's some other um, organization like that. But, uh, again, if you know Roz Randorf, Roz, if you're listening, hey, you're doing a good job, but just slow it down. <laughs> Jeez. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, what? So, so did, let me ask you this question. Did any of the city councilors put forth last night an attempt to put a resolution on the table no. to no no good. 
But Good. that means that means they're looking legitimately at what their jobs are, and their jobs are not to end the war in Israel and Gaza. Right. I mean, we can all have an opinion on that, uh, and, oh, and, yeah. I, and we all do. Uh, but you're right, Brad. It's just these things don't carry any weight, and it it is what it is. I mean, people get to say what they want to say. They get their three minutes, but. Uh, they were there last night, and what else uh, was there? Anything else last night? Oh, the uh, resolution to authorize this agreement with this LLC—is it Winterfell? Winterfell LLC, the uh, management—they're uh, going to take over the events at Bayfront. Uh, that did oh, yeah. get yeah, that yeah. did get approved. There was some discussion, and there was no RFP put on on that. And some city councilors. You seem to think that that was a big deal and wanted to reiterate that over and over and over and over yeah. and over. We heard mm-hmm. you. We heard you. Okay, so but we got we got good people uh, in that group that will do a wonderful no job. I think of running Bayfront Park. And this is a a, a short term deal. Uh, maybe when this thing gets revisited, they'll be back and they can do this in a more proper fashion with an RFP Yeah, and uh, take it from there. But the group that's in there right now to handle Bayfront, exceptional group. Exceptional. Yeah, with a lot of years of experience yep. doing those kinds of projects. I, I would expect yeah. it to be so, well run. Uh, what did we get out of last night's uh, council meeting again? Okay, uh, Free Gaza and uh, Roz Randorf. Slow it down. You know, it's funny you talk about your uh, your deal out at, uh, did you say Berkeley? No, no, Cal State Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton, okay, okay. So you didn't go hang with the lefties too much then? No, no, but I'll tell you what, Kenny, at that particular time, yeah. I mean, I went to school out there right after I got out of the Marine Corps, yeah. so it was 1968. And it was uh, the whole country was in the middle of this hate the Vietnam War, <clears throat> which, you know, that's fine. But they decided to take it out on hate the Vietnam veterans. So if if you looked like you were a veteran and if you yeah. by some chance said you were a veteran, the ire of a lot of people on campus would turn against you. So most of us tried to. Most of us that were there that were veterans tried to stick together and yeah. tried to, you know, not stand out and look like we had head shaves or anything well, like that. Then that leads to my next question. Did you grease your hair back, wear a black leather jacket, and carry a switchblade? No. Oh. No but, I, no, but I will tell you this. It was the only time in my life <clears throat> that I have had a the, an attempt at a ponytail (laughs) okay we'll leave it at that i'm not sure (laughs) my hair was fairly long and i had it pulled back (laughs) all right all right Uh, so uh um my thought on your your did you say speech classes at cal fuller yeah well i was taking a business course yeah and one of the one of the classes in business was public speaking yeah well, one of the things I learned here at KDAL was from Pat Cadigan. And Pat oh, yeah. Cadigan said, just remember when you're on the radio, this isn't WCCO. And what he meant by that was you don't have to move along at a frantic pace. Think before you speak. Take your time. There don't, you, go. you know, 
Don't get weird. Don't get crazy. Just relax. Be calm. Think. Take your time. You can pause. And uh, I've taken that to heart. And and then the other thing that, that Pat always talked about was make sure you take your breaks when you're supposed to, like CBS News, for example. That's right. Brad. <laughs> Is that the is that my cue to press the button? That's your, that's your cue. Yes. CBS News Brief. New Hampshire's first primary results were in at midnight from Dixville Notch with all six votes going to Nikki Haley. Voter Valerie Maxwell says she's hopeful the rest of the state will show up for Haley today, too. I think New Hampshire is going to surprise everybody and that Nikki is going to um, be the candidate. Former President Trump is still pulling ahead of Haley there. And some sad news to tell you about from our CBS family. Award-winning journalist Charles Osgood, who anchored CBS Sunday Morning for 22 years and was the host of the decades-long running radio program, The Osgood File, died at home this morning in New Jersey. His family says he'd been battling dementia. Charles Osgood was 91 years old. CBS News Brief. I'm Monica Ricks. KDAL time is 1242-28 in Canal Park. Winds are out of the northeast at about five miles an hour. Remember that song, Bradley? Oh, yes, I certainly do. One, now, two, the, group, what, yeah. the group was what? Well, the song is 123, and I played it because today is 123, January 23rd. Oh, the really artist sure. is Len Berry. Len Berry um, co-wrote the song. It went to number two in 1965, wow. and I know you're wondering what kept it from number one. In 1965, I'm going to say it was one of the Beatles songs. <laughs> oh, a good guess. A wrong answer. Uh, let's bring this really? up. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring this up here. This was number one. 1965. Kept Len Berry. You've given me a true love. From number one. And every day. The Supremes? Oh, the Supremes. Supremes, sure. Okay, here we go. I kind of like that other song better, but that's just me. Not that I don't yeah. like the Supremes. Don't don't take it that way. Just, yeah. Say, um, uh, did, you, uh, did you get a chance last night at all to... Uh, take in any of the wild or not wild but the uh yes uh, the Timberwolves yes. basketball game every time i watch them they lose <laughs> well how do you lose when one of your players scores 62 points and you're playing one of the worst teams in the nba and yes. you're at home exactly the charlotte hornets come on yeah did you see uh, there was a, a one of the one of the sports publications this morning that I grabbed onto? Not that I want to make this a sports show, but I always keep saying that. But I love sports. Um, Alejandro Avila wrote in. Uh, have you ever read this Outkick uh, publication? 
Evidently, no. he, he says that the T-Wolves coach, what, Chris Finch, I think the guy's name is, okay. is scratching his head on how Towns and the Timberwolves squandered the 62-point performance. Finch even suggested that Towns deliberately stat-padded on Monday. Do you know that term at all? Uh, he wanted to pad his stats. Yeah, wanted to pad his own stats. Yeah. Exactly. And being accused of putting yourself above the team. Ooh. Calling him out. Way to go, coach. Yeah. Calling him out big time. No, that was disappointing. And I knew the game was on. I was home. And so I turned the TV channel, and it was late in the fourth quarter. And I'm looking at the score, and Charlotte's got like a two-point lead or a one-point lead, and there's like yeah. 35 seconds on the clock. I thought, huh? And then uh, the Timberwolves, Cat uh, had the ball and had a chance, and they had a chance to get a basket and win the game, and Cat hongled the ball. And it was, and he started complaining about a foul, and the uh, announcers were saying it was definitely. They said it was an egregious foul, but it wasn't called. Yeah, and they're like that doesn't happen. And you know, it was a disappointing loss. But the Timberwolves go at it again. There'll be on KDAL Wednesday. That's tomorrow, five forty-five. We start uh, the pregame here. They're going to be at Washington, Timberwolves, and the Wizards. Remember you the know, Wizards when, when, it, when they uh, when they started the Washington Wizards? They were the Bullets. Yeah. Yes. Why did they change the name? I don't know. I think uh, it has maybe because Bullets has a bad connotation. I think that Washington. It, yeah, I think it had something to do with that, Brad. Bullets and gang bangers and what have you. And yeah, we don't want to be so. the Bullets. We want to be yeah. Yeah. And if, and if I'm not mistaken, out in San Jose, the Sharks of the NHL, they were going to, or they had considered being called the Blades. But they didn't want to go oh, with Blades because of no. the connotation to knives yep. and games yeah. with Blades. Not that well, states don't I, have Blades. Just a, just a final comment on this game last night, because the Finch has said some things that a lot of times uh, teams might take as a real bad uh, omen, but he said, obviously... We're trying to feed a hot hand yeah. and look for a hot hand. That's what we do in the game. We get to, uh, but at some point, we got to get back to making the right plays. Yeah. You tell them, coach. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get back to doing the right thing. That's just like I said. There's a lot of ways to be immature. There are always a lot of ways to be immature. There's a lot of immature performances here throughout the roster. We totally disrespected the game ourselves. Wow. We got exactly what we deserved. Well, hopefully the players are listening. Uh, you know, it's about wins and losses, not about points scored. Uh, yeah. And hopefully they uh, listen to their coach. Say, Brad, real quickly, the Dow has dropped below 38,000. So it's down 120 points at about 37,890. But yesterday it broke a record by uh, going over the 38,000 mark for the first time ever. Yeah, you know, I've been reading a lot of stuff because... Actually, I've made a few bucks in the market. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, at first, I didn't think I was going to at all. But it it appears like the market has kind of stabilized. And from what I've been reading, 
uh, most of the professionals expect the market to continue continue to go up this year so nasdaq is positive uh, let's get a look here and see if we can find the s p 500 uh but it's good to know that the markets are doing well yeah a record-breaking day yesterday for the dow over thirty-eight thousand yesterday the s p 500 is up barely just up over okay. uh, 2.8 points but uh, everything's positive on the markets oh the That's dow is down the dow is trending down i'm sorry yeah, down today, but th- that could change. Anyway, listen, we got to take our Minnesota news break, and uh, then we'll come back. We've got some other things I want to talk about, uh, more about the New Hampshire uh, primary that's going on right now. People are voting, uh, you know, but again, it's one of those crazy deals again, Kenny, where the Republicans will know who they voted for today, but the Democrats are doing this crazy uh you know, vote by mail, vote uh, when you want, uh, you know. Well, plus, Joe Biden is not even on the ballot in New Hampshire. <laughs> so if you if you want to vote for him in New Hampshire, you got to write him in. Write-ins don't usually do very well, but in this case, I'm sure he's probably going to win, although this guy from Minnesota is on the ballot and has spent a lot of money out there. So anyway, we'll we'll talk more when we come back from our Minnesota news break. KDAL time is 12.54. You know, Brad, I know that uh, we're crunched for time here in the second hour, but yesterday you had quite a conversation with a lot of input from listeners on this Nemagi Energy, uh, what is it, Nemagi Trail Energy Center. We have Alan from Superior, and I mentioned that to him, and he said, yeah, he'd heard that conversation, and he wanted to add to that today. Well, good. So, Al, what uh, what would you like to add to the uh, conversation that was going on yesterday? This the the way I understand this is it will be a natural gas um, facility that will be able to provide natural gas in addition uh, to anything else that's going on. Uh, Alan from Superior, what what did we miss in the conversation yesterday? Oh no, you're good. And can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes, I can. Yeah, Thank you. Great. I just wanted to mention, you know, uh, let me say this. So, yeah, in general, I support the project. I think it should happen. Um, however, I'm, I'm kind of a, a moderate kind of position here. Let me explain. Um, I, you know, I think there's some good points that have been brought up. Like, you know, I think, like, for example, um, you know, you know um, the, the principals, the parties making the, the plant, you know, they should, you know, go, go above and beyond to kind of work out any, any issues with, say, like, you know, St. Francis Cemetery and and the, the Tribal Cemetery, they, they, they need to go above and beyond to kind of work with those people and parties to, you know, to figure that out. And, and I, I think they should sure. you know, make a better effort to, 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 to kind of work those things out. Um, uh, and then also, um, you know, I like the idea of, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but, I, you know, what I'll say is, in a way, I kind of, I kind of see what, what uh, Mayor Payne is doing in that, you know, if he's being kind of strategic, trying to find the right deal, I, I want to propose this thought to, as, a, as a, you know, a potential, potential middle ground or way to, to work this. If, um, if you know, Superior City residents have to kind of help, you know, kind of approve this as far as zoning and other things, you know, through the council, maybe this, you know, Superior residents could also benefit from this by maybe getting like a, like a direct, um, uh, like direct energy rebate to their monthly billing statements each month from this plant. Because what will ah, happen is, okay. you know, the thing is, sure. is, that, is that, yes, the, the, 
um, I think it's fair to say that we, we have a good supply of electricity through the grid, but yes, we do need more, and I totally, totally um, support having more. Um, so, so, so if we're going to do that, and if and if and if well, what will happen is this will you know, create uh, a more of an abundance of energy for the grid. Um, the principles, right, Minnesota Power, um, Dairyland Energy, whatever the, the, the three principles are there, the, the Dakota firm, um, you know, they'll be able to make some good money and profit when they sell the extra electricity on the grid. So I believe Superior residents should get like a on-statement monthly rebate to our utility bill so that that'll offset any future utility rate increases, which could happen. So. So, like, if, yeah. if we really do this, let's let's get a good deal on it, and 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 yeah, let's talk to our our, our, our city councilors and say, hey, negotiate wheel and deal for an on-statement monthly rebate to all city of Superior residents. In other words, I I think to paraphrase what you're saying is you're saying this may create more more energy, which should make the energy cheaper. So let's make sure that the people of Superior uh, get some benefit out of it if, in fact, it does that. I, I, I agree with you. I'll tell you what, Alan, though, I, the worst thing I can think of is getting up in the morning, going to make coffee to get ready for the day and flipping the switch to turn the lights on and find out there's no power there. Now, I don't know. I doubt that that's going to happen, but uh, I, I'm really concerned with how we are basing everything in this country, it seems like, on windmills and and solar panels, and that's producing extremely small amounts of the actual energy that we need. So, I, you know, I, there's got to be a happy medium between the two, but uh, um, I'm, I would just as soon have an abundance of, of energy available. But, yeah, I agree with you. If there is... If there is an abundance of energy, then either find a way to make energy cheaper for the people of Superior or or find a way to rebate it. There are organizations out there. When we lived down in Florida, we were in a, in a community cooperative power company, and we actually got checks back uh, when they had an abundance of, of profit. And uh, they, they had the right to go in and check their books and see... Uh, how the balances were going, and it was actually a pretty good system. I kind of liked it. My wife especially liked it. So thanks for your call, Alan. Good stuff. Anyway, we're going to be back. we got another hour to come, so don't leave us, folks. We'll be back with hour number three, KDAL Sound Off. <laughs>